0: Welcome to How We're Getting There, From College to Career, the podcast where we follow the journey of two college seniors in real time as they try to land jobs after graduation. We're documenting this experience in detail so we can help listeners like you get where you wanna be after college with relatable and practical advice. This is How We're Getting There, From College to Career. Welcome everyone to How We're Getting There, From College to Career. Carly's second episode in her series. So a big theme for today is we're going to talk about how Carly transitions from networking introductions to more action-oriented items like getting a referral, understanding what positions are open, and other people to talk to. We go over specific strategies to do that, and we cover other topics like finding companies through top lists, what to put in your tracking spreadsheet as you're interacting with people, what kind of questions to ask instead of saying, hey, can you give me a job directly, should you ask for a referral first and then apply, how you have to interview your employer just as much as they're interviewing you, why going to remote classes can actually help you if you talk about it in the right way, and the fact that even if you're graduating and entering an entry-level position, you're still adding a lot of value. So we talk about some things there. Let's dive into it. I really think you're going to enjoy this one. So welcome, everybody. This is the second episode of How We're Getting There. We've got Carly back on here. So we're recording this on, on March 12th. There's a lot of things happening in the world with this coronavirus, things like that. So I think we're going to incorporate some of that into the discussion today, just how that might change the landscape, where there might be some opportunities. And so, Carly, you're on spring break. Yes. Yeah, you're enjoying it. And you're shifting to online classes.
1: Yep. So as John mentioned, it's March 12th. So yesterday, UVM notified us that we... Well our spring break ends? We we're supposed to resume class this coming Monday, um, and they've canceled classes for Monday and Tuesday, and then we go to online classes starting next Wednesday. So, about a week from now, we'll go online until further notice. So, yep. whatever, whatever that means.
0: Yep. So this will be interesting for a yes. few things, few reasons. I think number one, you're gonna get a feel for what it is to work remote, and the opportunity to build some skill sets. So we can dive into kind of what to do, how to stay organized, things like that, and you'll be able to talk about this in your interview how you adapted to that. And then I think as far as the job search goes, your schedule—you're not having to travel to and from campus, so so there's opportunities here to put a little bit more uh, time into that. And so I, I think for today's episode, what we'll what we'll generally do is get an update from you. So where we last, last left off, just to recap, is you and I really discussed finding companies, people to connect with. You've started to connect with some people. You came back to me with some questions about how do I answer a question on an application about a minimum salary? What types of questions should I be asking to the people I get on the phone with when it gets to a little bit of a deeper level? So we're going to get into all that. And then depending on how the time goes, I think we'll take a step back a little bit and talk some about your college career and the things that you've done to date, just so that if we have... Some earlier students listening, they can get a feel for some of those steps you're taking before this process. Does that sound good?
1: Absolutely. That's perfect.
0: Awesome. So why don't we first start with like, tell me where, where are things at with the people you connected with, who you connected with? How do those conversations go?
1: Yep. So the conversations were great. I think I'm definitely getting the hang of where to start the conversations with um, people. I'm just meeting over the phone. I think I talked about this last time a little bit, but really just keeping the time down as much as possible so that I'm not asking too much of the people I'm networking with, but can also still get to know them. So just have, I've really just been doing a quick introduction about myself, um, asking them basically their story, but how they got to be in the job they're in today, if I don't already know, or asking for more details I always try to make sure I um, review their LinkedIn before I speak with them. And then on the call, I can say in more detail how I see what you did in that position, but how did you get there? And then throughout that phone call, it's really just asking them follow up questions on, you know, decisions they made and how that helped them. And then really asking for advice. Everyone that I've talked to has been in my shoes whether it was many years ago or not so many years ago, they've all been in the same position. And they're all people who um, I look up to and aspire to, whether it's to be in their exact job or on their career path or something like it. I trust their advice. So really just I've asked questions like if you were in my shoes and you're doing it all over again right now, where do you think a good place to get into marketing is, um, or even beyond marketing, based on their experiences in different industries that they're in, where do they think is a good place to go right now. So that's how the calls have been going. But yeah, just getting a hang of the networking. And so I think I'm at a point where obviously I'm going to continue doing that. But I think looking at the calendar as time progresses, I think I'm obviously getting closer to when I would want a potential start date to be to update all of the listeners. I was emailing John uh, throughout the week and was asking, and so John, you can share your side of this as well, but just how do I transition from the networking introductions to more of the action items beyond the great to meet you, that's a cool career path, the really what what can I do now? Do you want to share your advice on that? And then I can talk yeah. about how I used it.
0: Yeah. Yeah, for sure. So it's like advanced network. I get where you're coming from. It's you're having these conversations. And I remember this specifically was with a good friend of mine, Scott, who lives in Denver. He works at an agency. He used to work at Google. And in your, I actually put your emails up so I can remember all of these details he was really asking you very detailed questions. What what positions are you looking for? Where where in marketing do you want to be? And one of the things that I wrote back to you with is just all of the different types of marketing roles. And this is going to happen for different fields as well. And a big piece of it is just researching a company, look at the roles that are posted, but but talking to people. And I'll just run through these quickly. So I I emailed you and I kind of said, hey, You have an analyst, strategist, optimization specialist, people who are actually hands-on keyboard editing, creating ad campaigns, optimizing things like that. You have demand generation marketers who are overseeing those activities to really build qualified leads and, and really just drive demand, drive sales. You have brand marketing, you have content marketing, you have product marketing. You even listened to one of the first episodes of the podcast with Megan Winter about product management. And so I think that when you're networking and you want to get to more action items, it's helpful to start looking at the roles that companies are posting to start to get a feel. And a great question is to ask somebody. And and as you figure it out, you start to think, okay, I don't really want to be running Facebook ads. I want to be writing LinkedIn posts and doing content marketing. But even if you don't know that it's okay to ask like, Hey, where, where did you start? And what, what, Positions at companies are entry level that I should be looking at. What position did you start, Scott at Google? And there's some more advice here too. It's like, hey, you know is there, what what's a great resume look like in your opinion? And then they might offer, hey, send it to me, I'll take a look at it or you always want to ask is there anybody else that you recommend I speak with? Is there someone who started a year ago that I can ask for his or her perspective on a great role to start because you even told me in this email, that you're not quite sure what you want to be doing, but you really want to get into a role where you can hit the ground running and you can learn. And so why don't you talk a little bit about like some of the things that, that you did with that advice?
1: Yeah. So I took that resume advice. And as you just mentioned, when I spoke with Scott, who now works at an agency in Denver, he Was more than happy to check over my resume. And so I think thinking about the action items that you gave me, definitely following up on that instead of, I think, a couple years ago when I was networking and obviously wasn't doing it for a job at that time specifically, I'd be like, oh, yeah, that'd be great. And I'd keep it in the back of my mind, but not necessarily hop on it. So thinking about being very action oriented at this point in the search after after we hung up, I emailed him, thanked him for his time and for all of his advice. And then I attached my resume and I said, I would really appreciate your insight and any edits you can make or any advice you have on how I can improve this resume or how it would catch your eye. And so he was extremely generous in doing so. And he went through it and definitely gave me some really good advice. So I'm Working through those edits, once he gave his edits, he said, I will not be offended if you don't take them. So that was also good to keep in mind, you know, just because he said, I, I should do it this way. That doesn't mean I really appreciate his advice and will take it into consideration, but one person isn't everyone. So exactly. that was important to remember. And then also he said, you have to be comfortable with everything on the page. I think it's important to make every bullet stand out on its own. I think really helpful of him to say because some of the things that he wanted to reword sound incredible but as someone who has a good amount of experience but is applying for entry level jobs like I haven't influenced people at the top of the of companies so I think also keeping it true to myself and true to yeah. what I actually have done in those positions is important too but yeah so taking that resume advice and then something that you also had emailed me back when I was asking for more action items. You said when I'm looking at a company and seeing what entry level jobs they have, what what do I get excited about? What job description makes me think, "Oh, that sounds really cool?" And I think it's pretty understated. I think that I have marketing experience, so I was kind of thinking I should always filter by marketing, but That's not necessarily when I read a job description, that's purely digital marketing. And then I've read other job descriptions that make me a lot more excited. So I think also just trusting your gut just because it's not something that I have direct experience in or matches the jobs I've had to date doesn't mean that I wouldn't be extremely successful in roles a little more out of my comfort zone, but that makes me really excited
0: that's really key so there's a couple things in there you want to be comfortable with everything that's on the page so you you certainly want to sell yourself and one of the things as we talk about your past experience like we'll dive into that and make sure that you're putting your best foot forward but you don't want to exaggerate you you do want to be able to stand behind it and I, I think I mean that's really the test is if you're showing this resume to somebody just really make sure that okay I believe in them if you're if you have in your gut you're feeling like ah that's that's like you know, I transformed the business that I worked for. Is that really true? Or is that something that that's a little bit too much? I think that that's really important, but those job descriptions. So I, so another piece of advice too, is you, you really do have to identify where you want to be and like the types of companies and at least the general types of roles, because as I've, that has helped me to connect you with the right people, because I've spoken with so many wonderful alumni on the podcast and I, I could probably put you in touch with every single one of them, but it's not really going to help you if I am put you in touch with someone in New York City who really knows that market when that wasn't a city that you said you wanted to move to. That's where it gets yep. more difficult. So Denver was on the list. You talked to Scott. I'm going to be putting you in touch with some more people from Boston. And the way that I see it, the way that it happens Most of the time is in these conversations. If you make a good impression, if you ask, you know, Hey, is there anybody else that you recommend that I speak to? Are there any positions or any departments that, you know, are hiring or need people? What are the challenges? This is a good one too. I can't remember if I told you, what are the challenges for you today? What are the opportunities? Because companies hire to solve problems. And I can speak from experience, like when, when we want to hire someone on our team, there's a pain point that we've had that's become so big that we need to go put a headcount against it. We need to go put a full-time salary against it. And every time that you speak with someone, asking them that question is going to help you understand, even at a macro level, what are what are marketing companies in Boston really struggling with? Because you'll start to see that there's some connections. and. Then you can start to figure out, well, how might I I be able to solve it? And is it something you're interested in? And then as you're reading job descriptions or you're listening to a podcast, like I found it very interesting that you took the time to email me and said, hey, what's this product management thing? And again, this is the ways to tell if you're really interested, are you Googling it? Are you signing up for classes? Are you watching YouTube videos? Are you reading tweets? Like I can tell you right now, that's the actions that you take when you're kind of not even consciously thinking about it will really dictate what you're truly after. And so I think that that's going to be really helpful. And so as we go forward, I know who to connect you with. And the lesson for everybody is to, to again, do as many different things as you possibly can to start to get some semblance of an idea. Because if you said to me, okay, I don't know where I want to go or what I want to do, I could give you all kinds of connections, but some will be useful, some won't. So I think narrowing that down is, is really important.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I think you're, I mean, you're totally right. Cause it was, it was really funny cause I, you know, was thinking marketing sounds cool. That's my concentration. That's where I want to go. And then I was literally listening to your first podcast and I was like, huh, that sounds kind of cool. And then I was thinking about it and I was like, wait, I'm in a product management class right now. And I really enjoy right. that class.
0: Right. Exactly. Um, so
1: I feel like just keeping note of really what sparks interest um, yes is always important
0: yep and i and i'm looking too so i, I see and i i want to make sure i finished this thought i think i did earlier but what's going to happen is when you are connecting with the right people and you do make those impressions they're typically they're not going to make you ask like if there's a now i just gave you some questions you can but what's going to happen a lot of the time, especially if you're like, what are the challenges, opportunities, what departments are going to be like, you know what, my friend who works in this department, they're hiring for a, you know, a, a this role or they're hiring for a that role. And it, it's really interesting how that kind of happens. I've seen that a lot in my experience. Like, hey, you know what, I know. so And sometimes it's okay. Like sometimes they might not know of anything and nothing comes up. That's okay. There might not even be a question um, That you can ask in those in those scenarios so i know one of your questions should i be researching open positions at their companies and asking for referrals should i ask if i could send my resume so i think that we address those but it really does help so the other thing is i provided you with a list of companies but as you're especially boston's a really cool one but denver also like all these cities who are the top companies you know and and then i gave you a couple of resources so there's Glassdoor, and as we get into the salary discussion too Glassdoor is a great resource for interview questions, for reviews, for salaries. But once you start Googling builtinboston.com, uh, top startups in Denver, uh, each year there's the fastest growing startups. Like You can start to build that list and you go and see what jobs are posted before you have those conversations. And that way, then you say, well, what are your challenges? And, they'll t- and then you'll start to figure those things out.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I
0: gave you a list of companies. And I, I know that you're kind of starting to look into that. I know that you're going to be connecting with Sean. Brin. I know he's out of DC. So a lot of those things, and I've got a bunch of people, I even held back on the number of people that I wanted to connect you with just to give you a chance to have the conversations and not be overwhelmed. But other things, I'm again, I'm just looking through the, these email chains between us because there's so much great stuff. The other thing that's going to be important is the ability to learn on your own. So for everybody listening and like, you know, you've gotten this advice, but I know that people will look at me and say, how do you know that? Like, how did you learn that? How are you on top of it? And so product marketing, if that's something that you're interested in. There's a website called sharebird.com. Even if it's not product marketing, but you're just interested in marketing, there are a lot of leaders on that website and the website is designed to interact with them by asking questions and they answer your questions. And you're going to learn a tremendous amount. And there's also a product marketing alliance that I literally just got very excited because there's a product marketer from HubSpot, very, very smart guy. He's going to be doing an ask me anything. I just send in a question and and he'll answer that on a certain date. Other people as well. I shared with you from ad week, Google's debuting a podcast on the future of marketing. I've shared Gary Vaynerchuk with you. So as you start to listen and consume, like you'll start to get really efficient with, okay, how do I learn all that stuff? You really, you got to read and you got to listen and you got to watch. There's YouTube videos too that are going to talk about it. The questions that you have sometimes you, and of course I'm happy to help and I love being able to do that, but there's also resources. So that's that's a, a big thing too.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, nowadays you can get any question um, answered on Google. So...
0: Yep. And it's always well, helpful to do the work and learn it, but it's always helpful to ask, you know, on a, well, what's your take on product marketing, which, and that's going to help differentiate you. And another thing too, I, I wanted to call out, it might come up later, but you've been, so I sent you the Forbes America's best startup uh, employers yep. and keep, you know, look at those target lists. But Scott really brought up a good point that when you're connecting with people, you should consider using your personal email address. Yep. That, because you don't want to lose contacts. I've lost contacts. Make sure it's professional, but that's really going to help. And then I think you're doing this. We talked about it last time, by like keeping a spreadsheet of the people who you talk to.
1: Yes. So that's another update from last time, but I started that spreadsheet. So if anyone listening is starting a spreadsheet somewhat like this, you can obviously format it in any way. But what's been working for me since last time was I did the name of the contact, their email, If I wanted it, I put their LinkedIn link, the company they work at, or just the location that they're in. And then I did a column for where we're at. And there, I really just jotted down a note. Some of those were like, they're working on it, they'll get back to me, or I can follow back up, or I need to respond. They did this, I have a phone call. And then my last column was I titled it my turn. Um and if it's my turn, I put a green circle on it. So really that's been super helpful in tracking everything just so that I don't let anything go forgotten about and I I don't forget to respond to an email and I always yes. know like if it's my turn to follow up, I'm delivering on that or if I'm waiting for them, I know how to do so. So that's been really helpful yes. in keeping all of my contacts organized.
0: Yes. That is crucial. I Um, have been doing that for the podcast. I need to start doing it for my own, but I'm glad you're doing that.
1: Yeah. Something else I wanted to touch on quickly was, as you were saying, you can find so much out there online. And I know that this is advice that I've gotten a million times, and I'm sure everyone listening has gotten a million times, but um, really taking because... because you don't have that much time to speak with these people, really asking them questions that you can't find online. So really, I think I've really been trying to ask things, you know, I I don't always need to ask what's the culture like, because I know that's, it's really important. So something like that is always worth asking if they work at a company or have worked at a company that I'm seriously considering. But other than that, Just things that aren't really publicized online. There's easy things you can find online, but then there's other things that you really have to work in a company to know. And then more of like, not necessarily social aspects, but interpersonal aspects of jobs in general that just aren't as easily accessible on a Google search is really, I think, where I've been focusing in the
0: discussions. Yep. So I'm going to give some examples of that. So specifically when I've, throughout the years, so one thing that's really interesting that happens is you'll have a really great startup that has a really great reputation and then they'll go public or they'll get acquired and those are the things that you might be able to find on Glassdoor, but sometimes those reviews can be skewed by negativity. Unfortunately, that, that will happen. And so it really is helpful to get someone on the phone. And I've had this experience where they'll say, hey, listen, you know, we had a really great culture. Everything was awesome. And then now that we're a public company, a few things have changed. Nobody works from home anymore. We have to be there the board is really forcing us to do X, Y, and Z. So this company really needs help with this. That's why, again, I think getting at what are the challenges and opportunities, and you leave it up to that person for how much they want to share. But that's really going to give you a better sense for the company and the, the types of roles and the departments that you want to be in. You also ask about organizational structure, and you can also ask, are there mentorship programs? What does that look like? Because for you, that's going to be important because you want to get in somewhere Even if you end up as an account manager, which is so an amazing role, you're going to want to grow. You're going to want to learn a bunch of different things. I mean, I've held, I don't even know now, five, six different roles in all kinds of departments. And that's typically is how it's going to go. And so you can ask about the culture. But again, I think asking some open-ended questions and letting that person talk and listening is going to give you that, you know, really the -the behind-the-scenes info that you're going to want to hear. And then you always ask them too. Again, I know I said this earlier, but it's really important. Is there anyone else I could talk to or what other companies in town are really growing and getting? That's how I've heard of companies first before the internet's caught on by just asking friends, Hey, what are the hottest startups in Boston? What are they working on? I heard about Drift a number of years ago uh, because of that. Now Drift is everywhere and everybody knows about it. That's a great way to be first and to get it before it gets out there. So I think that's really important. So why don't don't you update me? Have you found any new companies that are in your target list? Are there any jobs you've applied for? What's that looking like right now?
1: Yeah, a lot. It's actually, I think, as you just touched on, really asking at the end, is there anywhere that you think I should be looking? Is there anyone that you think I should talk to? I think you touched on this a little earlier as well. In turn, without directly asking, can you help me get a job? That question sort of does that by asking who else do you think I should talk to or where do you think I should look? More often than not, when I've asked people that question, they say, yeah, you should look at this company. It's really cool. Actually, I know someone who works in HR there. Let me talk to them. Yeah, And so without directly saying or imposing yourself and saying like, help me get a job, people are more than willing to help. and just having curiosities and asking them their thoughts they in turn it can often result um in a direct connection at somewhere that they think is a really cool place to work so anyways that was just a note on that as far as where I'm at still applying so last time we touched on struggling with a cover letter so I think I feel pretty confident about my cover letter at this point I think I'm at a crossroads between finding the balance of personalizing my cover letter to every position I'm applying for and actually being interested in every position. Right. But also apply, applying to enough that I'm going to have the best chance um, of finding something that works out. Obviously, every position you apply to can not work out for one reason or another. And that doesn't necessarily mean that you weren't a good candidate. And that could mean that they'd actually already been pretty confident about someone even before you applied. They And a number of things can happen. So I think that's where I'm at right now, really trying to find things that I'm actually interested in, but keeping my options open and not applying to too many things. I mean, once you're I don't know how many, but once you're upwards of applying to a ton of jobs, then your cover letter is then going to become less personalized because it's going to take you, it takes a while to research a company and a job position and, and actually care about it and not just make it sound like you just changed the name of the deer blank. Yes. You know? yep. Um, so that's really where I'm at right now. And then I, I have a question for you regarding that. A lot of the companies I'm looking at, I specifically have connections at. I was talking to Scott about this and he said, if you can find a contact at a company, always make sure to talk to them before you apply. A lot of companies have a referral program and the referred resumes are going into a different pile. So you want to apply through the referral as opposed to applying first and then getting the referral. Yep. I'm just asking. So you agree with that and I do. That is the way to go.
0: It is. It's ideal. There there have been times where I know people personally they've applied and then they got the referral after. Just be transparent with the person. Just say to that person, listen, I, I've already applied because they can always tag it later. You can reapply and they can add that Some companies don't let you reapply. So that is really important to try to do that. If you can have discipline and know, and you might even create some steps. Like if I were to say, okay, we identify because I sent you some and I want to talk about toast because now you're seeing that everywhere. But I think when you identify a company, whether that's from a person who you talk with or one of those lists or Glassdoor or a friend or whatever that looks like, I think the big thing is go to their website, first of all. Even spending two minutes, like their marketing should really tell you what problems they're trying to solve for their customers. You should pretty quickly be able to be like, okay, they're kind of doing this. You can always go to YouTube and watch a demo or watch, but on the careers page of a lot of companies, unless it's a really small startup, most of them are going to have videos of like a day in the life, like try to consume some of that. And then you'll get really get a feel for it. And then go to LinkedIn, go to UVM Connect, see if you know anybody who works there, try to talk to them first. Sometimes people don't get back to you. And so there is a decision point and there's no right answer. Sometimes you do want to apply quickly because it might get filled. And you said something earlier too, don't get discouraged if you get rejected because we've all been rejected no matter how employable we are. Sometimes people make mistakes. Sometimes there's just a ridiculous star candidate. And so don't get discouraged, keep going, but have that process where, okay, I, I a lot of companies too will put their cult like their values, their core values. I know that there's a really cool company in Denver called Go Spot Check, and like I know that they have their core values on their website, and you can read those, and then you can, you know, look at their careers page and things like that, and then reach out to a person, and then you know, give them a day or two, maybe three days, depending on how you feel. You know, if it's entry level, you probably have some more time, and then you know, if the week goes by and then apply, that's okay because you can always come back at a later date and they could always make a recommendation and then get you into that pile. That, But that is really, it's yeah. HR, You know, they use this thing called ATS, which I don't know enough about it. To, I'm not going to speak about it because I don't know, but there's a lot of keyword based things there. But if you're able to get yourself into that referral pile, that's really important. And then if you're prepared after that, that's going to help. And so For you, I think the next steps it's really starting to hone in on some of those companies that look interesting to you and start to do a little more of the research on them, start to connect with people who work there, and then start to work towards the applications. Because some of this too, and I'll say this, is you might have to interview for one, two, or three positions before – because you're going to be interviewing them just as much as they're interviewing you. And that's going to help because you can, we can speculate all day long if Carly really likes product management or product marketing or content marketing, but until you're sitting in that seat, you'll, cause you'll get that gut feel like, oh yeah, this is cool. So that's kind of the idea too, is we do want you to have a few interviews so you can be like, okay, this felt good. This didn't, this really felt good. And you'll start to be able to judge those opportunities better.
1: Yeah. Um, I can actually speak to that with. A little bit of experience in searching for internships two summers ago. So I was entering my junior year for that summer, and I was I was in the boat of I had a couple companies I was interested in, and I was doing some interviews, and it was it was really interesting because, as you just said, like sometimes you just get that gut feeling. Um, and even through the interview process with a couple of them, some of them were very well put together. The emails they were sending me were extremely professional. And then there was one company that is extremely unprofessional. And the interview was, it was a Skype interview, but it it was just weird. It felt weird. The things they were asking felt weird. I didn't yeah. feel really comfortable I picked the internship I wanted that summer. And then after the company that I said, I I got offered three positions. And so I said no to two. I picked one. And the one that I had that weird feeling with from the start called me personally on my cell phone asking, like bombarded, basically didn't didn't say, can we speak? Just called me on my cell phone and said, why didn't you accept this? And from then on, I was like, I'm so glad that I didn't accept that because throughout the whole process, it felt unprofessional. And so, you know, going off of what you just said, it's you're interviewing them as much as they're interviewing you. Yes. And you, you have to go with your gut feeling. I mean, even these weren't even in-person interviews and I could just feel the difference in professional and unprofessional companies. So you, yeah. I think that's really that, important.
0: It, it is. I'm glad you brought that up because it's real. The, the recruiting process is indicative sometimes of what your experience might be at an organization. Because remember, these are the same departments that have to onboard you and make a smooth transition. Like that is something right there. If they're not in, embodying the basic etiquette practices of, hey, is now a good time to speak? Are they showing up to calls on time? Are they apologizing if they're not? That's really important. That reminds me too, as we've had conversations, we've kind of gotten to a place too where you're asking about a salary range and what does that look like? As you're going through this process, different conversations will have different purposes. I think for right now, your big purpose is to identify companies, to identify roles, and to get a foot in the door. And then the next phase, you might call Scott again. And, and the, that next call might be, Scott, I'm picking between these two roles. Which do you think, from your opinion, and you might ask me too, is a better opportunity for me? And then we're going to ask you about who the manager is and the roles and responsibilities. And then a third call might be, okay, I'm ready to negotiate salary. How, how do I do that? Does this seem like a good range? You know, if you ask, if you called someone today and said, hey... I'm really just calling because, you know, how how much does a product manager make? And it's like if you're not even applying and identify roles and negotiating and trying to figure out if you're getting, you know, if you're getting a fair price, things like that, it can be out of context. So context is really important in this. And so I'm curious, were there any companies that Scott recommended that you're looking into? Are there any that I recommended that you are now looking into as well?
1: Yes, there's a lot. Scott gave me a list after we spoke. His well, both of yours were where you have connections. So I think that's also really helpful. I think identifying a company that you want to work at, obviously, you know, you can apply for anything, but I think also identifying companies that you'd be interested in working at that you also could find a connection at is really important. And then Corey, who I am speaking to soon, also gave me a list. So that's awesome. I was comparing the three lists. And there were overlaps. If multiple people are recommending the same company, that jumps out as not only did one person either have a good experience there or know of someone who had a good experience there, but someone else also yes. knew of someone who had a good experience there. And so I think that can go a really long way. So specifically, Corey and you suggested Slack. With everyone working from home right. now, Slack is it's being used like crazy. I have an older sister and so I'm home for spring break and I was actually, we were both doing work together today and because she's working from home and she was hopping on Slack phone calls and, and they were crashing and she was talking to her coworkers and she's like, it must be because literally the whole world is on Slack right now. Yes. Like.
0: <laughs> yes. Um. So that's really important. If I, if I can interject yeah. quickly, so yeah. this this coronavirus, I mean, this is, I've never seen anything like this in my lifetime. It, it's, there can be anxieties around it. There can be things that are scary, but you just, you did something that's incredible is you looked at how you looked at the opportunities, right? And, and again, it's, it's tough situation. It's, you're not exploiting anything. You're, you're just observing behavioral changes in a new environment and understanding where there might be problems to be solved. And so when you think about remote working, we touched on this earlier, students are all moving to it, companies are moving to it. I think what's gonna happen is companies are gonna start to figure out, wait a minute, we performed really well working remote. We wanna allow some of our employees to do this or they're gonna start adopting software that they previously hadn't. And I see a lot of these businesses are offering remote, uh, tools for free for a while. I think that that's really powerful, but there might be, there might be a shift. And so I'm really glad that you observe that because, you know, you might think owl labs that's based out of Boston, they're bringing remote technology to, to market. So I think that's important to observe the trends that are happening. And so, so Slack was one of the ones that overlapped. Were there any others that overlapped?
1: Not directly on the lists. I had separately been using some of the other links that you sent me previously about just good companies to work for. And HubSpot was very commonly on those different lists that you also suggested. Um, And then not directly on a list, but when I spoke with Scott Um, and then overlapping with Corey's list because they are both in Denver, I believe. They both mentioned Gusto.
0: Yes, I would recommend too.
1: Yeah. Um, and so that I actually, I was going through the list and just looking at any entry level openings that I might be interested in to go with them further. And Gusto actually had a couple of openings that looked really good. So that's one I'm definitely going to pursue. Great. Yes. Okay.
0: So we've got Slack. We've got Gus. So HubSpot, I, I mean, I, I, so many University of Vermont students now work there. Yep. So I think I reached out to someone. I don't know if she got back to me, but I have someone else that I'm planning to connect you with if, if we don't hear back. And it sounds like you're pretty much through all of those phone calls. So I, I might do that sooner rather than later. And, but I love that you pointed that out. The overlap is really big and, and that's a really good sign that, Hey, this is a company that I might want to work for. And it's interesting because I don't know that, I mean, have you ever heard of Slack before I brought it up? Okay.
1: Um, I've used it in past internships.
0: Great. So you've used the tool. That's awesome.
1: Yeah. I mean, it's awesome. I think it's really easy to use. So that's always
0: good. Powerful productivity tool, and so, yeah. so you're looking at positions. I think that's good. You have a call. Corey's amazing, so I'm excited to hear how that conversation goes. Is there any advice that that we've left out that you got from Scott or anybody else that you've talked to so far?
1: Um, I think we've touched on most of it. Um, yeah, yeah, I think we've touched on most of it.
0: Good. Okay. Yeah. So. We're in this weird environment. Things are—you're going to be remote as a student. I think it's important. And and here's another thing too. I forgot about this phase: is as you start to interview, you can have those phone calls, and we'll do this. You know, we'll do some mock interviews. We'll do some questions because preparation is important. Yep. And that's on the phase. And so one of the things just be thinking about: observe what you do to adjust to this remote schedule. You know, do you keep a daily list of like, here's the top three things that I'm going to do today, and here because. Those are things that you'll be able to talk about in an interview. Some people are going to think, oh, my God, this, this is the end of the world. This, this really sucks. Like, and, but the others who say, you know what, this is a really great opportunity for me to practice the ability to perform while I'm remote. And it can, it can help me in these positions because I learned how to collaborate. I learned how to interact with classmates and professors. I learned how to do all of these things. That can be very valuable. You adapted, and you took because companies ubiquitously are looking for people who can adapt because that is exactly what they have to do, no matter what. I don't care if you're the most established provider. I mean, look at Facebook. I mean, that's a desktop application. The world went mobile. They adapted by acquiring Instagram, WhatsApp, uh, you know, other things like that, and now they're looking at that mobile focus and they're adjusting that those applications. So. So that's something to be thinking about as you go through this experience is just observe what you're doing, you know, and you've used Slack and, and honestly, Slack, there are communities where you can seek out jobs. So that's another strategy too, or I guess that's more of a tactic is, you know, just Google around for some Slack groups, because I I know that there's, there's one for product marketing. I think there's one for product management that really might be useful to check out. And I, I think you know, I want to give you some time to ask some questions. I think you want to talk about the product management piece too, but I think as far as game plan, I'm going to keep connecting you with some people, maybe two or three this round that I have. I know like Intopia was one company I was going to connect you with them and a few others. And now I think the next phase is, you know, to get a list. I know I recommended Toast to you, and now all of a sudden you're seeing Toast as the POS for like every restaurant you've been to. So I think the next thing to do is really start like, yeah, exactly. Get like four or five of those companies, go through their website, try to start connecting with people. And obviously I'm going to do the same for you. And hopefully we can get you in a position where they they can ping, you know, an HR manager and give them the heads up. I think we're going to get into that phase. That'll be the next phase where you kind of start to do those applications.
1: Yeah. Yep. I'm excited.
0: Perfect. I'm I'm ready to move to the next phase. I know. It's it's exciting. (laughs) I will call out quickly. One question you asked in, in the emails was just, hey, what do I do if they ask for a minimum salary? A lot of companies do that. It's tough. Uh, you want Any number that you give someone, you want to be able to confidently stand behind, much like your resume. Any bullet points that you have, you want to be able to speak to if you're asking for $400,000 a year. If you can explain to me exactly why you can bring the company more value than the hat, like, yeah. I'm all for it. I think using Glassdoor to get those ranges, but... You can also, and you ask me, and you can ask other people that you start because what'll happen is you'll find Scott's a great example over the next couple of weeks, as you go back and forth with him, maybe you get another that you'll build the relationship and you'll feel more comfortable a month from now saying, "Hey, Scott, you know, Gusto asked me for a salary, and I saw this on Glassdoor. What's your take? Are there any other questions that were top of mind for you that you wanted to ask me? Um, um,
1: I just wanted to touch on that really quickly which actually might not be so quick when I spoke to Scott, something that was a little intimidating, but also uh, really helpful was his confidence. I think that he is very confident in himself, in his abilities. And I think that that helped me gain that in my abilities. Even after just speaking to him once on the phone, he was like, I'm going to speak to... My VP and see or a VP at the agency he works at and see if they want an intern. And so the fact that he had the confidence in me to basically try to create a position for me going forward is something that I think is really important to remember. Even though I'm graduating college and seeking entry level positions, doesn't mean that I'm not extremely valuable to a company. So I think I think that's something that is, is really hard to remember, um, in this process because you feel like, you know, while you are going to be the bottom of the chain entering a company, that doesn't mean that you aren't a, a valuable asset to them. Yeah. And then going off of that, I don't, uh, as you said, this will air in a couple of weeks, but I don't know if you've been following the U S women's national soccer team lawsuit. Yes. But that's also super relevant right now. I don't know if, if listeners want a quick overview, but basically just
0: um, yeah, filing
1: cut. for gender equality equal pay in from U.S. Soccer. And so that's U.S. Soccer just came out and said that they are paying the women less because they aren't as skilled and aren't don't have the ability that the men's team has in their athletics. Oh uh, gosh. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I'm <laughs> so, only laughing because it, when you say that out loud, like how ridiculous does that sound? It,
1: it, it's absurd. It, it sounds like I should have been alive 200 years ago.
0: I know. Uh, it, it really, and, and here's, here's the thing. It's like, so the, I, the couple points there and am I, I don't want to interrupt you. Is there no, anything no, no. you want to Okay. Okay. So context matters. So always be thinking about what is the context of the situation that I'm in. And the other thing about it too, I I find really, so people try to dictate how the world is. And I I think we talked about this on our last one, but Steve Jobs, I I think would always talk about this. It's like, the world is not necessarily a given, like you can work to change that and people are going to get really defensive and people are going to feel weird about that. And so I think you can control what you can control. There's things that you can't control. So you don't want to get too hung up because you're going to get really stressed out if there's certain things you can't control. But I think, you know, when when it comes to the value that you offer, entry-level employees, you're extremely valuable to the operation of that business. Like I said, any role that someone has said we need to hire for, it's been thoughtful. Someone's gone through some kind of business case or some kind of like, we're going to hang on as long as we can and then we're going to finally hire some money because we just really, really need that. So make sure and, – and also what's really important too is when you think about culture – you brought this up. If you asked me in college when I was in school back in 2010, 2011, I would not have asked about company culture. That was not necessarily a thing. Even – it's not that long ago. And so mm-hmm. – it's really fascinating that that's changed and what's critical for companies is that they find great young talent that can come in that can live and breathe and embody the culture and obviously cultures evolve but also companies need to adapt and companies are going to need your perspective like where i sit you know for me specifically i try to be on tiktok i try to be on all these different platforms i try to understand where all of the generations are and how they interpret things, but you bring your own unique perspective and stepping into a company and understanding, and especially if you observe your peers and having a perspective on that is incredibly valuable. So when it comes to the pay, the women's national soccer team, they're awesome. They crushed last summer. I remember watching them and I know them because Julie Ertz's husband plays on the Eagles. I'm a huge Eagles fan. But like I love those two, and they're the best. They have right, like they're yes, yeah, so you know them too. And so there's so much <laughs> marketing and things like that. So people are gonna. This is what it comes down to: it's value that you you provide. But sometimes it's perceived value. Sometimes you need an advocate for you in a company. And so we're gonna talk about things to make sure we do that. Finding mentors, finding people who can advocate for you. But yeah, I mean, as far I'm I, and I want to keep talking about this because it is it is a big topic. So. For you specifically, like I said, I think the plan is really, the important thing is like getting multiple offers because then you start to feel out, okay, and then you can use those offers to get better offers. But it also helps you understand, like if you get three offers at a certain level, then it's like, okay, that's probably, you know, where, where you're going to be uh, market value-wise for a specific role. And if you get different offers for different roles, you might see where the value is. And Sales is an opportunity if you really want to make the most money. That's where sales is. But there's another component too as you get in a negotiation. And we talked about this is like vacation time, learning opportunities, mentorship, ability to attend events. That's where we're going to get really crafty too. It's like you don't want to just negotiate salary. That's one part. Like you also want to figure out what are some of the other amenities and benefits that are available to you or that you can negotiate. Maybe you start, you know, and you get an extra five days of vacation because that's important to you. There's different levers to pull there. Uh, but yeah, like you said, entry level employees you're still incredibly valuable anybody who works in an organization is solving a problem and that is very important and if you get a sense from a company that there's like they don't value you or you're feeling like well you're lower rung then that's might not be the right situation because a lot of companies i know i'm a product manager and my job is to build products that solve problems people buy those products i love getting ideas from people who are fresh and and excited and they're you know they They don't have as much experience, but that in a way helps. And so I think that that's really important to remember.
1: Yes, absolutely. I don't remember if we talked about this or if... I don't remember if this was advice Scott gave me. I know someone told me this, and I think it's worth sharing with all of our listeners. Just that you're interviewing... You know, Obviously, you can be interviewing with different people, but HR is hiring you. And HR, each employee or HR as a whole, they... They have to hit numbers and they have to be successful in their hires because that's their job and they want to be successful in their job and hire people who are going to stay and who are going to be successful and help the company. So I think also, obviously, skills are super important and what skills I'm going to bring to the job, but also, as we talked about earlier, how... Explaining to them how adaptable I can be and how based on past experience, I can prove to them that I will be successful in this relationship. Yes. Because really what they want to hire is they want to hire someone who is going to improve their company is and someone who is going to have good retention and who's going to stay um, with the company a long time and be happy there and- Be successful ultimately.
0: Yes. I mean, you you nailed it there. I, the first time I hired, so I hired a couple people in my career, not a ton. So I don't, I can't claim to be an expert here, but my first hire at Dior.com, I was given an intern. And for me, it was a lot of pressure because this was my first hire. And if I hire someone who makes me look good, that's a big deal. And that's now the company seeing, okay, John knows how to find talent. And the gentleman I hired, I mean, he'd crush it. And ultimately what you want to see happen is you hire somebody and they grow and another department goes and snags them. And that's exactly what happened with, with this person. He's in another department. He's gotten promoted. Like to me, that's, that's success. I feel good about that. And also the company can feel good about that. And so that is why it's important as you're having these conversations, like you're building these skills and giving someone the confidence. So my advice the first time, the first episode is when we start to get into the negotiations to get into some of that. The question is really, how can I help you be successful? How can I be positioned in the company to really help the company's success? Because when someone is saying those things versus, well, how do I get more vacation days? How do I, you know, that's what's ultimately going to get you the better offer and also is going to look really good to the people hiring you. Because that was my fear, is hiring the wrong person and, Having people not look at me differently, but just say, okay, maybe he's not ready to hire, and so that's inside info. So any, no matter how experienced a person is, they want to be right because it's going to make them look good. And if you're going into that, like, hey, I want to make you look good, and I want to know what your challenges are, your opportunities, I want to know all of those things. That's that is going to you're going to stand out because a lot of people don't go in with that approach.
1: Yeah, absolutely.
0: Awesome. Okay. So is there anything else you wanted to touch on before we wrap up?
1: I think that was it. I think really the change from last week to this week was shifting, obviously continuing to network and continuing to have those conversations. But I think just shifting to more um, action oriented, how can I actually start applying for these jobs and actually working to land interviews and then to hopefully land jobs and have negotiations, et cetera. And so I think you definitely gave me um, some good uh, points of action that I can pursue going forward, and I'm excited to see how it evolves.
0: Thank you for listening to today's episode. We've got plenty more coming. We're going to be documenting how this experience unfolds with both Carly and our other guest, Kylie. So please consider subscribing to the podcast or share with a fellow student who's going through the process of trying to land a job after he or she graduates. I promise you it'll be worth the follow. Have a great day.